0: Good morning, Corristone. My name is Matt, and I'll be reading the scripture for today, which comes from Ruth chapter 4. I'll be reading from NIV. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here and they did so then he said to the guardian redeemer Naomi who has come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech i thought i should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of these elders of my people if you will redeem it do so but if you will not tell me so i will know for no one has the right to do it except you and i'm next in line i will redeem it he said then boaz said On the day you will buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi, all the property of Elimelech, Kilion and Milan. I've also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Milan's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron the father of Ram. Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nahshon. Nahshon the father of Salmon. Salmon the father of Boaz. Boaz the father of Obed. Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Before I get into uh, the last message on the book of Ruth, um, I just want to highlight uh, one of our members uh, isn't here today, uh, George, who's kind of a fixture now in our worship team quite often. uh, He is in Taiwan because his father passed away this past week. Uh, And so he is there and his wife and children are going to be joining him Um, and actually his wife's also passed away this last week. So the family is grieving, and so I'd just like to lead us in a time of prayer for them. Lord, we just lift up uh, George and Emily and their two children and George's extended family and Emily's as well, um, that they would know and be comforted by the hope that you give them in Christ Jesus, and their faith in you. And also, Lord, in their grief, that they would be able to experience your healing power and be a um, voice for your peace that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So th- we have been going through Ruth for, the, you know, uh, Pastor Paul did the first two chapters. Uh, last week we looked at chapter 3, so we're in the last chapter, chapter 4. And uh, this chapter we're going to see that God's faithfulness to his people that has uh, been there all along, even though it seemed like everything was going bad, and then Naomi and Ruth's faithfulness to him and the Lord God, we'll, we'll talk about that, um, and then now Boaz is in the picture, very much so, uh, leads, their faithfulness to the Lord God leads to a life of integrity. And so this is why the, the title today is Faithfulness Leads to Integrity. Uh, so it's assuming faithfulness to the Lord God. And I was thinking of how to start this up and uh, give an example from today's culture, and I, and I thought of this guy. Maybe some of you know New York Congressman George Santos, has been in the news since he was elected last November uh, 2022 uh, to represent the 3rd District in Long Island. Uh, Any of you recognize this guy, familiar with this guy? Yeah, one, two. I know you young adults don't really pay much attention to the politics or news much. But um, yeah, so he's been in the news. Does anybody know why he's been in the news so much since his election? Yeah, Matt? Okay, he lied about a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's basically the big news, right? And my question is, why didn't the news people know about this before when he was running for office? But it was until after he got into office they, this all started coming out. Basically, he claimed what he claimed about his background is not true. At least a lot of it is not true. He lied about even where he went to high school in New York City which is kind of weird. Why would you even lie about that, right? Uh, He lied about getting a degree in economics and finance from Baruch College in 2010. He lied about working for Goldman Sachs. I mean, these lies are like, wouldn't people be able to just check on these? And they did. They found out he lied. And he lied about his grandparents being survivors of the Holocaust, which is pretty serious there. Uh, There are so many things that are partial or non-truths about what he included in his resume to become a U.S. congressman representing the 3rd District of Long Island. So this man lacks integrity, we say. Uh, Integrity gains trust, but the lack of integrity causes distrust. For for When we are seen as a lack of integrity type of person, people won't trust us because they don't know what's true and what's not true. Integrity is like uh, planting seeds in a garden and the seeds will germinate and they'll grow into a plant and they'll eventually produce fruit. So having integrity or the lack of integrity is the same as planting seeds. It's just that they will produce different kinds of fruit in our lives. And I uh, will keep this image there uh, for a little bit and I'll, I'll come back to that. You know, there's this story of years ago when a Little League team went to the World Championship and they made third place. And, but it, they had broken the rules to get there, and this be, they came out, and the rule that they broke was... Whoops, sorry, that's, that's Mr. Santos, the man the missed the lessons, yeah. There's a documentary on him if you want to watch it. Um, this guy here, uh, was the, the rules of the Little League was that you had to be 12 years old or uh, a couple of years younger. The most you could be is 12 years. Well, they found out that their star pitcher was 14 years old. And so once the league found this out, <clears throat> they removed the third-place uh, position from that team, and then the team couldn't play in that league for at least a few years following that decision. A lack of integrity bears fruit. It has consequences in our lives. And you may be thinking, Jeff, you know, the people are just getting simply what they deserve when they lie or cheat or do things without integrity like that. But the challenge to you and I today is that you and I face every day moments of what are we going to do and how are we going to live? Are we going to live with integrity or are we going to live with a lack of integrity in the decisions we make and the things we say and how we portray ourselves? What is our decisions? Listen to what happened in October 28, 1987. So this is a while ago. Well, this is a true story. About 9.30 in the morning, an armored truck was traveling through Columbus, Ohio, and Interstate 71, when suddenly the back door just popped open, and the bags, after the bumps and stuff of money, started to fall out of the, and, you know, going 60, 70 miles an hour, those bags hit the pavement, and they just burst open, and all the bills were going everywhere, and soon the cars behind realized this was not, it was on an autumn day, so they first thought it was leaves blown across, but then they realized these are not leaves, these are dollar bills or bigger than dollar bills. So pretty soon the cars started pulling over and they were very helpful. They started to clean up all the bills for that and sticking it in their cars and stuff and soon uh, went over the CB radio that this was happening along a mile stretch of this highway and pretty soon hundreds of cars were coming and pulling over and helping the cleanup process, stuffing it in their pockets and in their purses and in their cars and, and, and just walking away with it and driving away. Now, the bank put out a reward and tried to encourage people to return the money that it's been. And it turned out to be about a million dollars that had fallen out of the truck. Well, only $100,000 was returned. Uh, One guy even posted that uh, his life was set now. He was going to move out of Columbus and he was set for life because of how much he helped pick up and clean up that highway at that time. You know, people bragged about it, but they never considered that you know, they were thinking like, you ever hear that term as kids, finders, keepers, losers, weepers? I don't know, if you ever heard that? Well, that was their kind of mentality, right? Oh, look at what we found. And, you know, oh, too bad for you. I found it. You lost it. Ha ha. But they saw themselves as fortunate, but actually, they were thieves. And they didn't even think of it that way. A lack of integrity in our society often encourages us to lack integrity, to lie for us to make us feel better, whatever it is. To make others think better of ourselves. You know, in the sense like we look good because we're presenting something that isn't really true about us. But God desires for us and he plans for us to live lives of integrity in honor of him, in honor of Christ Jesus who is the truth, right? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Integrity means, and here's, a, here's some meanings of integrity. One, and it's an adherence to moral principles And it's honesty. So it's basically living by the truth. It's the quality of being unimpaired or of soundness. In a sense, it's a unity, a wholeness. That's another meaning of it, of integrity. It simply means what you see is what you get. And meaning that that's the really what you get. What you see is what you get. Uh, Wissywig, we used to call it when the computers came out. What you see is what you get. If we are people of integrity, then this means that we are the same person that we are right now as gathered for worship, as we are when we are at home with our family, as we are with our friends going out and having fun, as we are at school with our classmates, as we are on the bus, or as we are when we're by ourselves, alone and nobody else is watching. We are the same person because we are of unity. We are people of integrity. That's what it would mean if we were... Completely a person of integrity. So today I bring this up because we we finished this last chapter of Ruth. And in chapter four, we'll see the integrity of Boaz as he seeks to carry out what he said in this last chapter, that he's gonna seek to be, take Ruth as his wife. And there's a lot more to that, which we'll get into today. Integrity shows a faithfulness for us who are here gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, our faithfulness to follow a faithful God. And we see that in Naomi and Ruth. Even though Naomi was bitter because she even said, God just like basically allowed so much bad stuff to happen to me. My husband died, my two sons died, and she even said, call me Mara because she was bitter. But of course she was bitter in the sense. She was depressed. She lost her husband and her two sons. But she never lost her faith because what did she do? She went back to Israel, the land of the promise, And then later in chapter 3, she saw that Boaz was a guardian redeemer, possibly. So all this set up. Why did she go back to Israel? Because she knew the Lord God had set up a a system of taking care of the poor, like herself and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. She had confidence and faith in the Lord God and his faithfulness to his people. Even though she was like, ah, why did this happen to me? I feel so bad. Yeah, but she... And, and <clears throat> excuse me, and Ruth had that faithfulness i 'm just going to keep talking and walk over here and get my water yeah i 'll just keep talking and walking over here and get my water i 'm just going to keep talking, get my water. <laughs> all right so i i, I don 't want us to throw Naomi under the bus because look at what she did, but then now she has this. This conscience, she knows and sees the Lord God has given her this opportunity as we saw last week and then now she is acting and taking action on that through Ruth and now Boaz we see his integrity. So first we see here modeled through Boaz, this in a sense planting the seed of integrity by doing what he says, in a sense doing what's right according to God's law and how he's established because he is a guardian redeemer for the family of Elimelech. Now, Naomi married Elimelech. That's her husband's name, her, her dead husband's name. And we saw this in chapter 2 and 3 as well. And so chapter 2, chapter 3, we see Naomi going back to the land. We see how Ruth saw Boaz, and then they learned that Boaz was actually a guardian redeemer of a close relative, Elimelech. Naomi sees that as an option. And so it's that we we see that in Boaz's integrity is doing what is right. So I'm going to read the first four verses again so we can look at the story and go through it together. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and saw, sat down there just as, a guardian, as the guardian redeemer had mentioned, uh, he had mentioned come along. So backtrack in chapter 3, Boaz says, yes, I will do this Ruth as a guardian redeemer, but there's one guy who's closer in relation to Elimelech than me. So... This is the guardian redeemer it's referred to here. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And they did so. And then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land. This is the first we've heard of this, right? And that belonged to our relative Elimelech. And I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Now, let me explain here this whole idea that he goes to the town gate. Now the town gate is something like this. Um, this is an ancient ruins of the city of Beersheba, which is close by. Well, this is Bethlehem. It was a smaller village from what we can tell. So the gate wouldn't have been quite this extensive. But it's not a gate like I have in my chain link fence where I just open up the gate, you know? Where, no, this, the town gate was more of like a town hall, in a sense, a town area where the, the, the elders would come and there would be legal matters taken care of. There would be trials for criminals handled there. So Judy, uh, you would probably be involved, you know, involved in the town gate because you know, you're a lawyer. So you know, there's just the legal stuff of the town and the community was handled there in the town gate. And that's why Boaz went right to the town gate to take care of this matter that he had uh, promised Ruth that he would. And Boaz's integrity here motivated him to give the closer guardian redeemer a chance to act. You know, he didn't just do it himself. He said, okay, there is one other guardian redeemer closer than I, so I'm going to give him the chance. And that shows his integrity. He wants to do what's right. Now, Naomi, is he mentioned, is selling this piece of land, and that was never mentioned up to this point. So I was like, wait, is he changing the story here? But it was all understood because the the responsibility of Boaz has two legal things that are going on here. The first is that Naomi had to decide who would get the land um, of her dead husband Elimelech. Now Naomi had temporary custody of it, but she didn't have any children. So when she died, who would get it? And so it would. And the key of God's law is that it was, to, as best as a guardian redeemer could do, is to purchase that land and keep it in the family clan of Elimelech, or even the broader clan of that tribe. So it, it's that was the whole idea here. And so he knew that by marrying Ruth, he would be purchasing the land of of Naomi or Elimelech in that sense. The second legal reason is as a guardian redeemer, we mentioned last week, is that for Elimelech's clan, Boaz is a guardian redeemer. His responsibility also was to help those who are weak in the, the family members or relatives. And in this case, there was no legal heir to inherit that land. So if God deemed, he would have a child through Ruth, a son who would carry and be inherit the land that he was actually purchasing and it would be, though, under the name of Elimelech, not under Boaz's name. So that would keep it in the family clan. So that's all the legal stuff. So Boaz is doing everything legally and above board with his fellow guardian redeemer. And this, this was a good opportunity all around for this fellow guardian redeemer in a sense that more land meant more income, so it meant more riches for him. And so it'd be, it was good. So he said, like, yeah, I'll buy it. So he agreed to buy the land. But by doing this, Boaz demonstrated... Uh, his effort to do what is right, legally, according to God's law. So let's continue in the story then. It's not quite how it turned out though, right? Verses 5-8, through Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. There it is. And at this, the guardian redeemer said, Oh, then I I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now, in the earlier times in Israel, this is like commentary here, uh, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. That was a method of legalizing transactions in Israel. Nowadays, we just sign, right, get a notary and stuff. That's pretty easy, just take off, say, here's my smelly sandal. (laughs) Transaction's done. Well, Boaz wanted to make sure his fellow guardian redeemer knew the whole cost Uh, of, of what was required in redeeming Naomi's property. Ruth came along with it, with the property, as Naomi's, the wife of Naomi's son. Now Israel had this practice, as I just mentioned, of the guardian redeemer, providing an heir, if possible. But, think about it, so if Ruth and Boaz have a son, which we heard they did, then the son would be in Elimelech's name, not Boaz's, and he would inherit the property that boaz purchased right but because this person was also boaz's son he would have some right to boaz's property as well as an heir of boaz so that's the risk to the estate you know in a sense that the other guy was saying i don't want to risk my estate by entering in more children into my inheritance because i already have children he probably had and he didn't want to risk that so that's that's why he opted out most likely so here we see that having integrity out of faithfulness to God and following his law means that not only do you um, do what's right, but you also know the cost of doing what's right. And why did, you know, the other guardian redeemer did not want to risk. He knew the cost, so he opted out. But Boaz gladly took on Naomi and Ruth and any children that would come through that, that medi- uh, wedding that he would, or marriage with Ruth. So just knowing the cost is not enough. We have to pay the price. And a person of integrity will pay any price to do what is right, to bring glory to the Lord God. So let's continue in the story. Verse 9. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi. All the property, Elimelech, Chilion, and Malan have... I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabite, Malan's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, and so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. There you go. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people of the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring of the Lord gives you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah. Now, these are all stories referring to in the Old Testament. The hard truth is that integrity, being faithful to God, costs us. It requires self-sacrifice and effort on our part. It demands that we take on and not avoid the trouble that comes with being faithful to the Lord God, doing what is right, knowing the cost, and paying the price. Now, Boaz had decided to support Naomi as an older widow. He might, she might have been closer to his age or older, who knows. Uh, and also Ruth and any children born to, born to him and Ruth. But he was willing to pay that price in order to follow God's law and the way God had established it. Are you willing to pay the price of being a follower of Christ and having that integrity in every situation? There's a more recent example within the last hundred years of someone who did this. Uh, You may know of Ted Williams. Uh, He was one of the best batting baseball players. Uh, He was the greatest hitters, one of them, <clears throat> and he paid the price. In 1959, he had a painful pinched nerve in his neck. And so for the first time in his career, he batted below a 300. He, he only batted 254 with that pinched nerve, which is pretty amazing, but uh, he, he went below that. The, the point is that uh, the Red Sox, who he played for, had, was paying him $125,000 a year, which was the highest-paid sports person in the whole world at that time. Uh, and they graciously offered him the same contract the next year, even though he wasn't doing so well. But he went to them, and he asked to have a pay cut of $35,000 because he said he didn't deserve it because of his performance that year of his pinched nerve. He was willing in integrity to say, hey, now I don't think I would hear of any sports people doing that today. (laughs) They would say, hey, if you're willing to pay it, I'll dig it, you know? But this guy showed his integrity. that said, hey, I don't deserve that. You cut my pay and let me, you know, earn it again this year. See, to have integrity and to do what's right comes at a cost for us who want to follow Christ faithfully. Many times for followers of Jesus, this means we have to do what's right even after we have done something wrong. Meaning we confess what we did that was wrong is wrong and we try to make amends to whoever we wronged. That is doing what's right, after we've done what's wrong. Integrity means we do what's right, we know the cost, we pay the price to follow Christ. And is there someone that you can think of right now that maybe you've had a fight with, or a really harsh disagreement, and the relationship's kind of broken? Maybe you caused that in your anger, or you just the ugliness in your heart, for some reason you lashed out and you hurt somebody. Being a person of integrity and following Christ Jesus means that once we're aware of that, we go and admit our wrong. And we make it right in the sense of seeking reconciliation, admitting our fault, because Christ came and gave himself for us so that we then can be representatives of him in the world. Let's continue with our story, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Now, that's, that's pretty significant there in a patriarchal society to say that a woman is better to you than seven sons. That's high praise. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son. Now, why are they saying Naomi has a son? It's actually Ruth's son, right? Ruth is the one who went all the hardship and gave birth but it's because of this guardian redeemer. He's taking on the name of Elimelech, which was also Malam's name, right? The same last name. But they're saying Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse and the father of David. Boom! Yet that David, David is the most famous king of Israel in their history. A man after God's own heart. He slayed Goliath. Yeah, David, right here, we can see Boaz, Ruth, Naomi, all have been faithful to God through their story and this story of Ruth. And here we see God's blessing on their life by working his great plan of salvation through by bringing David as an heir, a descendant of this family, this Ruth and Boaz coming together. So integrity's reward, we see, the fruit that comes is God's blessing on us. A life of integrity coming from a faithfulness to God works like the seeds. We plant it, we continue to plant them, and then they bear fruit in our lives. Do things which honor God is like planting seeds in God's garden. And God is the gardener, and He takes what we do that is right in honor of Him, and He waters them. And those seeds grow, and they grow into plants, and they bear fruit. The same thing we can say implies a lack of integrity. It messes up our life and causes all kinds of hardships as we see with Congressman Santos. So in the sense, it could be practically like there's somebody at school that is just cranky all the time, but because we know that Jesus loves them, we befriend them, and we deal with their crankiness in a gracious way. And then the fruit of that integrity being with them then makes them soften a little bit, and they're not so cranky anymore. They soften up. Or the, we teach Sunday school and they're squirmy Sunday school kids and they're not paying attention, but we're constantly showing and loving on them and then they don't become as squirmy anymore after a while. They start listening to us a little more because they sense our love and our integrity as a follower of Christ. Or maybe that foul-mouthed co-worker at work, just, wow, F-bombs everywhere, you know? And, and we're just, we're putting up with them, but we're showing them the grace in Christ Jesus, the love and acceptance we have for them. And they then, over time, again, tentatively start listening to us and why we live the way we do as we share about Jesus. These could all be fruit of it. I, I, we may, may and I may have experienced a little bit of this fruit just this last week, where for 13 years, my neighbor was never interested in the topic of faith. He's a guy who lives behind me. But he brought it up last week out of the blue. It surprised me. And so we talked about something that was on his heart for a period of time in relation to faith. And I was just thinking, like maybe, maybe the years of living in lives of integrity, open about our faith with this guy, is now finally bearing fruit. Hopefully, we don't know, time will tell. But we'll see. You see, these successes reflect the blessing of God in our lives and the harvest sown by seeds of integrity flowing from our hearts to follow Christ the same, all the time, no matter what context we are in, whether at home or school or work or on the bus, whatever. But leaving it up to the Lord because he decides when and how we are to reap a harvest when people come to faith. Because after all, he always knows what's best for us. You know, God desires for us to be people of integrity, the same, wherever we are at. And in Hebrews 13, 8 describes Jesus this way. It's not working. 13.8. Hebrews 13.8. Daniel. There we go. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And it's the, that's when we're Christ-like, we are the same wherever we're at. We're not pretending to be something we're not. So would you say that people who know you would describe you as a person of integrity? as a follower of Jesus, would you say that? Would they, they say that about you? Were they like, oh, on the weekends, man, he is a crazy man. But in the weeks, you know, he's more calm. You know, what, it, how would people describe us? Jesus desires our love for him to be evident in everything you and I do. And we can tell them about that as well. He wants us to pray to him. He wants us to study his word out of the love we have him for out of our hearts. And he wants us to be with him in mind and heart. He, he, and he he's always with us, but we struggle to be with him, don't we? Oftentimes. One well, conclusion, faithfulness to the Lord Jesus leads us to a life of integrity. And so the main message of the book of Ruth is this. I want you to remember, God uses the faithfulness of ordinary people to do his ordinary extraordinary work and that is remembering this truth as well when we are faithful to god in the little things he it is a big thing and with that god does great things he just wants us to be faithful to him and trust that he is going to be faithful to us as he always has proven and shown in christ jesus our lord let's pray lord god we thank you for this truth and we pray that it would seep in our hearts and that we would live it out of the love that you've been placed in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.